And we've returned. We're back. We're back from a commercial break. Of course, that is that what happened? Yeah, it was a long commercial. <laughs> Welcome back to a work in progress with Mark and Pete. Yes. We are your hosts, Mark and Pete. Ooh. And this is a work in progress. We are a work in progress. That is absolutely for sure. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Is it like sacrilege to say happy Halloween? Because I know it's kind depends of. Depends who you're asking, I guess. Yeah. Happy Reformation Day. Happy Reformation Day. There you go. If you love Jesus. Um, we are recording this on October 31st, mm-hmm. the one and only mm-hmm. day of the year that is October 31st. Have you told your, uh, you've probably told it, your story of the basement bathroom when you first got here to this church? Uh, I think I told it. Oh, okay. I can tell again. Yeah, it's Halloween. Go for it. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great story. It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Run with it. I had just received the call to be pastor of Cedar Creek Community Church. On my first day on the job, I was in the building um, in the evening. It was dark. I was by myself. I thought I'd look around and just get to know the building a little bit. If you've ever been in a church in the dark by yourself, by yourself. you know that's a terrifying experience it in and of be. itself. Indeed. Um, so I was walking around and uh, just looking indoors, and um, and I went to the basement in the basement, and I was looking around the basement. And there's a say bathroom base, say basement one, one more, more time. time in the basement. And I had to come down to the stairs into the basement. I was walking through the basement. All right. And then there were other bathrooms. Um, and so I opened up the, the bathroom and flipped on the switch um, to to take it, take a look at what was in there. But it didn't last long because my heart sank when I heard a child calling out for help. Oh, my and um, so, uh, yeah, like it was like Ow. this faint, tired, like they had been calling out for help for months. Um, and so I did the only logical thing. I shut the door and I went back upstairs. <laughs> and you called Child Protective Services. I was, well, what do you do? What do you do? So, yeah. because... <laughs> I what was, does one do? I'm, I'm now the pastor of this church. Right. And, and everything so, inside the walls every, is your responsibility. <laughs> responsibility. So headlines are going to be, yeah. Pastor Mark Burkholder's church has kidnapped a child <laughs> and locked them in the basement bathroom. Um, and so I was terrified. And so I came back upstairs. Um, and then I thought, um, may, I guess I, I have to do something about this. You must. So I went back down. Guess where I went? The the basement. Basement. I went back down the to the basement, basement uh, into the bathroom and I turned on the switch again and I heard it just clear as day, just calling out for help from one of the stalls. And so I inched over and opened up the stall and nothing was there. And so our church is haunted until I realized it was just the fan in the ceiling. The fan. It was broken. An old broken, an bathroom, old broken fan. bathroom fan. Crying out for help. Please sounds like change a me. Please. <laughs> It's crazy because he was saying I've words. S- I've been <laughs> spinning for thirty I've been years. Spinning with help, help, please help me. <laughs> oh man, just covered in um, dust. So once I realized that that was the issue, um, then I was exhausted because you turned off the sound. I turned. I just turned off the light switch. Oh. Problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. And then you hang a closed sign on the bathroom door. Do not enter. Problem solved. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the fan. Yeah. But there may be a child in here too, so just don't go in. Just, <laughs> the just sign leave says, it alone. <laughs> closed. Broken fan or child. 
<laughs> child trapped inside. We're unsure, but either way, <laughs> either don't way. use this bathroom. <laughs> either way, it's off limits. Happy Halloween. Yeah. It's a scary story. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad it Do was. Do you have any other scary stories? You've shared your one. Yeah. It was yeah. profound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But do you have any other ones? Um, I have many scary stories that I've heard secondhand from Ooh. people. Um, but I think I might have told those when we were talking about my other scary, oh, really? my other ghost story. Uh, yeah. So go listen to our other ones. Yeah. We can talk about there. It'll be so. great. Um, but today is Halloween and mm-hmm. it is snowing outside in Wisconsin. The very first snow of the year. It's beautiful. As it, were. it is beautiful. Magical. Yeah. I think the first snow is very exciting. I was like, uh, I woke up and I opened the blinds and I was like, started just like giggling like a child. I was yeah. like, oh, yay, yay. Snow. snow. Here it is. I, I like like the cold yeah. in the snow, like the feel of it. Yeah. Uh, so like I went outside to like take the trash out, like with a t-shirt on and it's snowing and it's mm. like really cold outside. There's something I enjoy about skin. that knowing like you can go back inside and it's warm. Yeah. Uh, but I really think there's something like magical about the first snow. Oh, it is magical. Yeah. Without a doubt. I enjoy it quite like, a bit. As soon as we see snowfall, we immediately put on, it's beginning to look a lot I, like Christmas. I put that on at the gym and people started saying Pete's too early. It's not too early. <laughs> yeah. Um, full confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, it wasn't even Halloween. We put up yesterday. our Christmas decorations. <sighs> so a lot of people are going to be upset about that. I know. I love the passion people have about how other people decide to celebrate. We had neighbors texting us saying, take down your Christmas tree. (laughs) Take it down. It's too soon. Do you do fake or a real tree? We do fake just because that's what we've always done. Mm -hmm. Real just seems like a hassle to me. Yeah. Um, I I guess I get the appeal, Mm -hmm. but... It's so um, much work. It's an interesting discussion. So Shreen and I kind of had a discussion about it last year, too. So I grew up with real trees mm-hmm. and you have to water them. Yeah. Needles get everywhere. They're expensive. Last year, I think it was like like a regular like six foot tree was like 80 bucks or 90 oh, bucks, wow. whatever. But um, that's a year. A year. That adds up. Yeah, it uh, does. But I grew up with a real tree every year as a kid. And I just had this thought of like, I know a lot of people who grew up with fake and stayed fake mm, trees. Yeah. I feel like it's a lot as far as transitions go, a lot easier for someone to like be real tree most of their life and mm. then be like, you know what, let's go fake tree. It makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know many, if anybody that's gone fake their whole life and been like, you know what, let's go real. Let's do a real tree. Cause you're kind of adding yeah. challenge, but mm-hmm. I think it does come down to like a lot of stuff with the holidays is tradition. Tradition. What you've always done and what reminds you of your childhood and which like that, that, I mean, that appeal I do think is cool. Like, yeah. I've seen it in movies where people like go to the Christmas tree farm and cut down their own tree. Do you want to come with us to get our tree this year? I could feel it in your spirit of I've seen it in movies. It's like this child in you is like longing for this experience from like a Hallmark movie of like, I've seen it done on theater film screen on the, on the big screen. They always went to the, the, the tree like farm they each other. with a little saw and cut down their own tree and, I mean, um, is that what it's like, really? 
Um, like you most just times, them, like... most times you don't cut your own. Oh, they really? have those places, but most times they're pre-cut. Mm. Um, and then since it's cold, it, it like closes off the bottom and they oh. stay alive. And then when you take it home, like the cold closes down the bottom. Yeah. Cause oh. like the sap and stuff, it like basically mm. seals itself. Huh. Um, so trees and like freezing cold can stay like that for a long time. Yeah. And then, um, when you take it home, you cut like a few inches off the bottom. Really? So it opens this, opens it back up oh. to be able to take water. Moisture. And then you put it in and add water to it. Mm. And then it can drink through the bottom. How long do they stay though? I think if you water it inside, it could, if, if you're not, the thing is you can't get it to where there's no water left because it'll seal again. Wow. And mm. then if you add more water, it won't drink it. Yeah. Um, so, but if you continually water it, I think the last months inside. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've done it before where it was like early December okay. and it lasts through Christmas and New yeah. Year's. But then once you stop watering it, it'll die within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause that was, that's all, always our big thing is because we are early decorators mm-hmm. since we're those people, mm-hmm. if we got a real one, you got to water it every day. It would be, yeah. and that's, that's over two months of a whole <laughs> lot of work. Yeah. Um, and yeah. with our fake one, we can put it up and right. not have to think about it. Yeah. I get it. There's definitely appeal to it. Yeah. We grew up with fake. Um, but then there was a few years where we did real mm-hmm. because my grandpa owned a, like a Christmas tree farm. Oh, cool. Um, and so, uh, we did a few, we would dr- ride up on his tractor and pick out our tree and cut it down. Oh, you have that experience. Wow. Well, uh, so, so. You were in the movie. I do not remember it. Oh, okay. I remember snapshots. Got I have it. a terrible memory. Okay. Do you remember your childhood much? Um, I would say there's there's quite a few strong memories, but most of it's gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember hardly. Mm. I and I don't know if it's like uh do I need to go to counseling Maybe. to figure out why? We're talking. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking like, therapy here. Like, Maybe always, this is a pack of worms we don't want to open up. <laughs> we don't want to open these. <laughs> it's everything is about trees and birds <laughs> <laughs> and puddles. That's where it started. Oh man, it was a bird who pushed me into a puddle. Oh man, when we were getting Terror. a Christmas tree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we went. To, yeah, we switched to a real tree for a little bit, but so. Um, I just remember there being a lot of needles mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and having them reach under there and dump in the cup of yeah, water. That's, and, it's actually, it takes some skill uh, no. and finesse to take whatever you're carrying the water mm-hmm. in and get underneath the tree and then yeah. tip it with, without not knocking, knocking down any decorations or anything. Oh uh, yeah. It's actually, it's almost like an Olympic event. Yeah. Watering the tree every morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I, I mean, I, I think, um, is it hard to get them straight? It's, it's yeah. Cause you got to eyeball it and then you got to uh. screw in the bottom and then it's gotta be straight from multiple angles. Right. Yeah. Cause it could be straight this way, but then you go to the side and it's, it's okay. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. My fake tree is always straight. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. It's always straight. Uh, let us know in the comments. Are you a fake person or a real person? Are you a fake person? Uh, as far as trees go, it's trees. <laughs> Not your character. I'm a fake person. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Um, so yeah, so we got that up. April was working today about putting the garland on the banister of the stairs mm-hmm. and hanging stockings. Mm-hmm. And also, can looks nice. Am I alone? Anytime someone says garland, I immediately think of Judy Garland. You e- are alone. every time. Okay, I'm, I'm the I'm the only one. Okay, that's fair. I've had multiple people reference Jane Fonda somewhere <laughs> over the fake tree. Jane it. Fonda from yeah. Yeah. From the year call out. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Anyways. Is that her name? Who? Jane Fonda? Fonda? Jane Fonda, Jane yeah. Fonda. Correct. She was the old fitness lady. Actually, I think she was probably an actress, too. You and your old actresses. <sighs> Judy. Got a Rolodex. Yeah. Well, I, had, I did have parents. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's, uh, I wonder, man. <laughs> I actually really like like my parents' music, you know. What are, what are we laughing at? That I had parents. I did have parents. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know why that got me. I'm glad. Mm, okay, we're sorry. on the same wavelength. It's great. <laughs> um, oh, what are we man. talking about? Let's talk about something. Um, Should we do colors? <laughs> talk about colors again i'm i'm fully convinced that and i don't think i'm alone in this that colors have a feel to them yeah yeah don't so um i mean this could be like a right brain left brain thing i don't know because i don't i don't know if i have experienced that as Mm. much okay so what does like give me a color okay uh lavender Lavender, so like purple. Yeah, no it's lavender. It's lavender is lavender. Light, light purple. Okay, so that's a little different. Uh, let's start with dark purple because some okay. colors, like the feel that they have, aren't as sure exact and like. Is this considered dark purple? I'd say that's pretty dark. All right. So yeah. what does this make you feel? Okay, so <laughs> therapy session. Here we yeah. go. No, yeah. uh, dark purple is like it's like a heavy, heavy blanket of. Um, it's definitely like there's royalty to it. Um, it's like, it's like rich and thick and mm. kind of warm, mm. but, uh, but like safe, like a, like a really heavy comforter, mm. um, like a, like a weighted blanket. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, like a, like a, uh, an expensive one. Yeah. It's not cheap. Cause it's royalty. It's royal. It's an expensive weighted blanket mm. is purple. That's what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Give me another one. Okay. What about, um, we'll go red. Red, red is, let's do colors that I pick. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do, let's do uh, pink. Okay. Pink, pink feels like it's like fluffy cotton candy ish, mm. but it's also like, you can't trust pink very much. Like there's little prickles. <laughs> Pink is, is soft. Pink? pink is soft and fluffy feels, uh-huh. but also like it could poke you. Uh-huh. So like you can't be too like let your guard down around pink. Mm. Um, pink is like, would like probably talk about you behind your back. Mm. Um, but like they're really nice. But pink is basically mean girls. Mean girls. Yeah. Like they're really like, <laughs> yeah. like they put on a front in front of you and they're like, oh, I yeah. like your sweater. It's probably a hand-me-down, but, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pink. Didn't they wear pink on Wednesdays or something in Mean Girls? I think so. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the paradox of the prickly pink. The 
prickly pinks. Um, all right. Do you want me to just say another? Yeah. Green. What about green? Does green make you feel anything? Green is very trustworthy. It is. Green is like, green is like kind of home. Like green is like, it's hmm. definitely nature and it's like organic and cathartic and it's like, you feel safe around green. Mm. Like they will not tell your secrets to anybody. Mm-hmm. Green is like a good friend mm. um, that like adds a little bit of, like gets you a little bit outside your comfort zone, but like in a healthy way. Yeah. That's green. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you think of that's green? Right now that wall over there. <laughs> oh, look at that. There's green. There's a green, there's a green wall over there. <laughs> your, your sweater. Oh, my sweater's green. If I close my eyes, I'm thinking lily pad. Mm. Those are green. Those are green. (laughs) (laughs) What about about blue? (sighs) Yeah, blue. I mean, you're talking ocean. You're talking sky. You're talking open. Like Mm. blue is like a big expanse, big space. Blue is like, it's pretty welcoming, but it's also a little scary. Yeah. It's basically Mm. blue is, is freedom, but also a little scary. Kind of like the ocean. Yeah. Black. Black is, is, is fear. Um, black is like uncertainty. Mm. Black feels like, um, but black is also like the cool friend. Like black mm. is cool, but like you don't want your, your parents to like find out you were hanging out with them, you know, like um, because they're, they're dangerous. I feel like this is all just associated with memories. <laughs> no, it's how colors over time have like, Developed. developed into like so do you think this is a universal thing or is this a peter thing i think that there would i think you'd be surprised at how many people might disagree with the feel that they get from the colors mm-hmm. but probably have feelings for like a color people. feels like a characteristics uh, yeah so what color is the most comforting for you i think i think blues and greens yeah. are definitely the safest colors as far as like hmm. like you can trust them yeah. Yeah. You can trust blue. You can trust green. Yeah. For sure. Trust yeah. them to do what? Like just, they're not doing things. They're colors, Mark. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> such a dumb question. But like, they won't betray you basically. Like they'll, yeah. they're safe. They're safe. Yeah. Also black is like surprisingly um, loyal mm. um, as far as like my feel of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, they like black, like rides a motorcycle. It's like, they have a leather jacket on. They smoke cigarettes. Mm. Black, black is like, yeah, like basically Greece, the guys in Greece, Greece. they're, the, they are, they, they are, <laughs> they are the, the, the color black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would the girls from Greece be? Would they be pink? They'd probably be pink. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Light, fluffy. I feel, see, I feel like if I had to choose a comforting color, mm-hmm. I would probably choose like yellow. Okay. What does yellow make, make you feel? What do you think um, when you think yellow? What are, what are the feelings tied with yellow? Warm. Okay. Um, um, worry free. Okay. See, um, you're getting it. Man. See, I just jumped into this. I'm, I like it. I'm feeling things. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Is this what feelings feel like? <laughs> this is what the feelings feel like. Um, free. Um, mm. Um, cathartic. Okay. Um, yeah. I picture, I picture like a, a field of flowers. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And laying and looking up at the sky with no birds at all. 
That's what yellow. Still? Yeah, okay. yeah, because you're surrounded by mm. the embrace of yellow. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, so it would be a comforting. It's good. Comforting color. It's good. So you're doing it. I feel like my mom wore yellow a lot too. Mm. So that could. That be. might be it. That's probably it. She hugged me. Yeah. Like the flowers of the field and protected me from the birds. This is a therapy session. I think this is good. This is good. Yeah. Colors help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. Do numbers do anything to you or not? Yeah. Numbers have certain things, but yeah. they're not quite as, uh, as bold and like mm. apparent. Like for numbers, you got to dig a little bit mm. to, to understand the feeling. Yeah. Um, got to break down numbers. Yeah. Well, like one is pointy, you know, but it's strong and it's bold and it's like the, like the number one, the number one. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a foundation. Yeah. Um, number two it's is lonely. It's, too. it's the loneliest, <laughs> the loneliest number. <laughs> two can be as bad as one. <laughs> we get our first copyright strike. <laughs> oh, real quick. Yeah. In my sermon on Sunday, yeah. I was preaching and, um, um, and I was preaching, and in one of my illustrations or something, I was talking, and I had the phrase "snap back to reality." Oh no! And so I said oh. it like in like <laughs> just telling the story, and I was like, "Yeah," and then had to stop and you know snap back to reality, and then I just like kept going on. I don't think anybody noticed, but I, it made me very happy. Yeah, no, yeah, I I know Eminem was Midwestern because <laughs> he, he said "ope ope snap back to reality ope." there goes gravity (laughs) i think we've i think we've said this before (laughs) we've gotten to the point we're repeating Mm -hmm. repeating jokes but anyways um um yeah we had the copyright strike Mm -hmm. numbers um do you think those feelings of colors and things change over time they could they could definitely based on your experiences and how you perceive things because i'm sure like people go through stages where like Black is comforting. Mm, yeah. And then black is danger. Mm-hmm. And mm. black is a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like gray is like apathy a little bit, mm. you know. But um, speaking of like things changing over time, something I think is worth chatting about is uh, like having a, an identity, an identity of yourself um, and then allowing that to change over time, I think is a, is a challenge. Mm. Um, and like comparing that to like when you leave school for the first time, whether you finish high school and you stop going to school or college or whatever, up to that point of your life, all you've ever done was be a full-time student. And then all of a sudden you're not doing that anymore. And that's a big switch and change you're surrounded by people in school and then you're not mm-hmm. um and nobody really can prepare you for like excuse me like life changes like that um same thing if you start a family like you go from not being a spouse to now you're a spouse not being a parent to now you're a parent and we all have our uh, like memories and backgrounds and memories and experiences and perspective on things. And that kind of shapes us, but no one really explains or prepares you for, okay, you're a kid until you're whatever. Mm-hmm. And now, okay, now you're not a kid anymore, mm-hmm. but all you know up to that point is how to be a kid. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's probably why there's a lot of 20 year olds that are still acting like children because it's like, what, like, what are you supposed to do? Like no one was like, there's not a day, like turn the page and now you're an adult. So start living your life completely differently. Um, And I think it's a challenge, but also can be healthy to examine. I've looked at myself as this person up until now, but now based on where my life is and um, who I'm influencing and who I need to be uh, like a supporter of, or, uh, you know, take care of these people or whatever new role you're in. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to not be this anymore. Mm. And I just think it's, it's, there's friction there and there's difficulty in adjusting your perception of yourself to be something that you haven't been Mm -hmm. before. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, those transitions are, are wildly difficult. And I mean, we always focus on the, the transition from like into adulthood. And that is, that is an incredibly difficult transition, transitioning from even just a high schooler. And then like some people go to college and have like mm-hmm. this weird intermittent college phase before yeah. they be go into adulthood. Other yeah. people just jump right into it. And that's a huge huge transition that you're not prepared for yeah. like no algebra geometry class can yeah. prepare you for being an adult yeah and so you have to navigate that and and hopefully you you have people around you that can support you and help you and mm-hmm. give you grace throughout that um but it's really hard and and i like i mean like you said there's there's this past of what has formed you up to this point um, but then there's also this vision of what things are now and, and what mm-hmm. focus is now. And then also to that point is things have the, the world changes as you change too. Mm-hmm. So you could say, okay, well, I had a great role model. Like my dad was a great role model for me when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Um, but I can't be the same father that he was to me mm-hmm. in the 2020s as he was in the 1990s. Like it's Mm -hmm. a different, things are different, right? And uh, it's a different world. So I think you can take bits and pieces from from people who have been in your position Mm -hmm. that you think like, oh, they did a good job. I should um, like embody those characteristics. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's never going to be perfect. It's crazy how some people just transition so easily. Like they Mm -hmm. were... Like into parenthood, mm-hmm. like some people will go from never uh, never having a child to just having a, in a moment having a child and and being completely okay with s- sacrificing so much of their life mm-hmm. and giving this baby so much attention and love and focus and yeah. changing their complete lifestyle. Yeah, this loved one, and it's it almost comes naturally to. I think there's people. something genetic about like having someone that you created mm-hmm. and like taking care of them. Which is why, like, I know this is kind of a dark thing, but like, I can't comprehend um, parents that like just leave, mm. like a, a mom or a dad that's just like deuce out when there's multiple kids and they just yeah. bail. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's something psychologically that like they have issues going on that like whatever mm-hmm. they can't handle. I don't know. I'm not making any judgments, but like, I couldn't comprehend someone just being like looking at the faces of their children mm-hmm. being like, bye, I'll never see you again. Yeah. We're not going to figure it out. Like, yeah, that's weird. 
Yeah, it's hard. And and like you said, there's there's stories and there's backgrounds that lead to each one of those situations. Um and and sometimes, I mean, as my family has experienced, as there's times when when a parent leaving their child is the most loving thing that that parent can do. That's also a good point. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, yes, there's this genetic predisposition to be drawn to your child. At least we assume so. Um, but then there's also this other level of, of, I mean, so as you know, Annabelle, our baby girl, we adopted, Mm -hmm. she was safe Haven, her birth mother, gave birth to her and signed over the rights in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was an incredibly loving thing for her to do. Yeah, definitely. To, to, and probably incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, to yeah. come to that, to that point where she said the best thing for this little girl is to me, to, for me to step out of the way and let another family come in. And, yeah. um, and so you have those situations, mm-hmm. um, but then you have other situations where, where mothers and fathers just don't know how to handle life and mm-hmm. handle the situation and mm-hmm. um, respond um, in ways they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're just, I mean, we just daily thank the Lord that Annabelle's birth mom like did it the right way. Right. Yeah. And then like had her at a hospital, went to doctor's appointments Yeah, and that Annabelle wasn't found in a dumpster. Oh, like absolutely. So many. Yeah are and things like that. But, but I mean, that's, I guess in the picture I was painting, I was thinking more along the lines of like kids that are like already like five or seven or something like that. That's in my head. What I was kind of thinking of like someone that's already invested. Yeah. Um, anyways. And that's where like those transitions are hard for people Mm -hmm. and like people never, never transition sometimes to mm-hmm. what being a parent looks like. And mm-hmm. and, and again, yeah, cause that goes back to like, you weren't a parent before and now all of a sudden you are, you're thrust into this new responsibility mm-hmm. and you might, most people aren't ready yeah. for that. Even people who prepare usually aren't yeah. ready uh, because you haven't done it. And you yeah. could, I mean, there's thousands of books about how to be the best parent in every yeah. situation, but it's like, you're never going to have it perfect. Yeah. What is a midlife crisis? What or what, what did you say? What, what? is, I've, I've never really understood the idea of a midlife crisis. So I haven't, I've gone through a, a quarter, a, what a quarter, quarter, life quarter crisis. Life crisis. <laughs> I think, I think it is when um, you get stressed with where you're at and the decisions you've made and, you know, the job that you're in and your family and all these responsibilities and everything. And you kind of just think to yourself, like, is this what, cause so many, so, so often we go through life on autopilot because we have to pay the bills mm. and we have to eat and maybe we have to feed other people mm. and we have to sleep at some point and we have to get up and go do it all again. I think that midlife crisis usually comes at a point where you have a day or some time to pause and be like, is this what I've wanted? Mm. Am I doing what I sh- wanted to do mm. or um, based on, how things have changed. Like, do I currently want this anymore? Mm. Things like that. And that's when people are like, well, instead of, you know, moving to Cambodia, I'll just buy a car that I can't afford and like try and get something like that I can control Mm. out of my system. Um, Mm. I, this is a side tangent, but I think a lot of anxiety and stress comes from a lack of feeling of control. 
Like when you're just like, I can't make any decisions because my life is just running away from me and I'm just trying to keep up to then it's just like, well, I want to control something. And then a lot of people go into like addictions or, you know, stuff like that Mm -hmm. because they can at least control that thing. Yeah. Right. So, which I mean, and that's, that's the, I mean, that's what uh, the, the reason behind so many addictions is that level of control. Mm -hmm. Um, even like self-harm and yeah. eating disorders and things yeah. like that. Like that's just having control over yeah. something. Yeah. Like if you're um, self-sabotaging, at least you're in control of it. Mm-hmm. Like I think that is a deeper psychological thing is like, I choose to do this. At least I'm in control of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think with like self-harm and, and things like that, um, I think a big portion of people don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've, uh, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but I've noticed that that a lot of generations prior to us really don't understand it. Yeah. Um. Um. And it just being a, um. Oh, you're trying to commit suicide mm-hmm. type thing, and they're they're two different things. They can sometimes be associated, but they're two different things. Mm-hmm. Um. And so much of it lies with the. I feel like my life is spiraling. Yeah. I don't have any control over anything yeah. that's going on. I need something to, 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 to put me present in this situation mm-hmm. that I can, can remind me that I have feeling mm-hmm. and have control over something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's dark red. It's dark red. Dark red is that feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just been so taboo in past generations. Mm. Like you don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you do, then you have like a problem instead of like it just being a normal human reaction that you need to talk through and figure out. Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's getting more shame? open. Like I, the thing, thing yeah. that breaks my heart is like, um, I mean, we're talking about self-harm now, but things like it too. Just the shame that people carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, like you have physical scars. Right. And always being worried that someone's going to see them. And always worried that someone's going to... And that's an added burden oh, yeah. to your already stress and anxiety yeah. and all that stuff that's going on. is just like, yeah. man, yeah. Yeah. Tough. Tough. Um, so I'm glad that it's... I know it still can be taboo and depending on mm-hmm. who, the people you're around, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to talk about that kind of yeah. stuff. But I'm glad that it is becoming more of a, of a discussion and more people are starting yeah. to understand that... Uh, like depression, anxiety, and self harm; those kind of things are, um, I don't want to say normal, but yeah, it's not present, uh, present yeah. like common. Yeah, um, and, and they need it's to important. To, it's important for people to have someone to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that that's getting. I think I think it's getting better. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean. I just hope that people who are struggling with it find the courage to talk to talk to people about it. That's um, the problem is like when I've been in dark st- times too, it's like you don't want mm-hmm. because you already feel out of control and you don't want to burden someone else with your out of controlness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it's, it's really hard for when you're in that spot to be like, well, why don't you talk to somebody? And everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But in my experience and talking to some other people who have had those experiences, it's like, you don't want to talk to people, yeah. which is an added issue. <laughs> yeah. Cause you really should. Yeah. 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 And, and if we just, man, 
if we could just see the good in people, mm-hmm. then those type of conversations would go so much better. Yeah. Let's just be gracious with one another. Mm-hmm. Realize that people are all in different places. Mm-hmm. All have different stories. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's almost an assumption. I'm talking from my experience, uh, like subconsciously that everybody in your reality that you see, like everybody that's in your world or whatever, uh, has had at least somewhat of a similar background mm. and uh, upbringing to you. So when they do things that are completely outside of things that you know and understand, mm-hmm. now that's weird and strange and a problem. Yeah. As opposed to understanding different people have had completely different upbringings yeah. with different families and different experiences and different memories, you know, puddles and birds that you got to be very sensitive to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, so to, and that can like even overlap into like religious conversations mm-hmm. and stuff instead of the ego of I'm right no matter what and my background and bias is correct mm-hmm. um, just being like oh this is different mm-hmm. tell me about it yeah. like let me try and understand or maybe not like fully comprehend because you probably can't yeah. but like at least listen and be like oh okay that's explains why this is happening mm-hmm. I recently um, I've listened to this book on tape um, multiple times um, how to win friends and influence people. Mm. And they talk about different people throughout the years who have done like atrocious things Mm. uh, like murderers and things like that. And they'll talk to them. And a lot of times um, people who do things that society as a whole would say is terrible. Those people don't see as bad. Sometimes they even are like, I was doing what I thought was best in whatever mm-hmm. situation. Um, which makes me think like everybody who does whatever they do, most of the time they think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So instead of immediately, no, I'm not condoning like bad behavior yeah. or like illegal acts at all. Yeah. Definitely not. What I'm saying is those individuals are doing it for a reason. There is a reason these things are happening, mm-hmm. whatever it might be that we don't understand, mm-hmm. but we're all headline readers now and we see someone does this thing and we're immediately just like, you know, accusations and judgments and all these things as opposed to that person made this decision, whatever it was, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And for that person, they thought it was a good idea, mm-hmm. which is kind of trippy because yeah. everyone's going to disagree on what's good and what's not. Uh, but like each individual is like, this was right mm-hmm. for me at this time yeah. based on everything. And it's like yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, and <clears throat> so much of that, it comes from who a person is, how that person is made up, who their influences are, what their story is coming mm-hmm. up. <clears throat> and then on top of the fact, after, after the fact, um, it's how they're confronted on those issues mm-hmm. either causes them to dig in even more to their actions yeah. um, or not. I mean, so like um, it's fall right now 
if if your neighbor is blowing their leaves into your yard, mm-hmm. depending on how you handle that, it's going to cause two different things. Yeah. Either you're going to get really upset with them yeah. and they're going to get defensive and get upset with you, right. or you're going to handle it in a civilized manner and have a conversation and yeah. they could realize, oh, I didn't realize I was doing yeah. that to you and all that stuff. Yeah. And it could go two completely different ways. Um, and that's but, the thing too, is people not realizing something, like you assume people realize something but they might not realize it. Yeah. So like, I think just that part is mm-hmm. huge with assuming mm-hmm. um, like, Oh, they know that this bothers me. They might have no clue in whatever sense yeah. that it's bothering you. And if you just scream and yell and get angry, they're going to get defensive as yeah. opposed to, Hey, this is what I think about this. Yeah. It'd be great if this, and then things can. Be- that's something that's really like, Interesting me lately. There, no, no, no. That's something that's really interesting to me lately is that response to confrontation mm-hmm. and how um, so often like people's response to confrontation has nothing to do with what's being discussed. Sure. It's all like attack on character mm. and how, and, and it's like this fight or flight type thing. Yeah. Um, so like if you get upset with me about something, my response is going to have so little to do with what you're getting upset the about. thing, yeah. And more so that you are attacking me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work on defending myself and getting ready to fight for myself. Right. Um, um, and so navigating that in communication is huge. I mean, especially even, even within marriage, like how we talk to our spouse. like 100%. Like <clears throat> if you go at your spouse for something and they're going to come back at you, not necessarily because one of you is right or wrong, but just because you're coming at your spouse and we have this yeah. innate defensive mechanism. Yeah. Um, and I think it's in everybody. It's, it's huge in me. Yeah. Oh my word. When I was, um, when I was in high school and, and probably, probably high school, I felt, I feel so sorry for my parents. I got so defensive with every little thing that my parents would bring up or say mm-hmm. to me, everything became a fight mm-hmm. because at that age, you're trying to figure out your identity. You're trying yeah. to figure out who you are. You're trying to prove yourself, prove your value, prove your worth, um, which is so exhausting. Oh man. But <laughs> trying to prove all Still that Still trying stuff. to figure it out. I know. Right. So when anybody even confronts you with the smallest thing, you feel as though it's an attack on your value and your right. worth. Right. Um, and so you respond um, according to that. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the issue. Yeah. Uh, so it's like those uh, um, change my mind segments oh yeah like the people who sit down with like the change my mind is like yeah when you you start saying like i disagree with you on this point Mm -hmm. it becomes not about that point it's about their whole character and if they're wrong about this then it's a hit to the ego and it's like well that can't be you know so that's i think communicating and finding like a common baseline to like discuss things and not like argue but try and learn and understand is a real skill that like most of us aren't equipped with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a, I mean, communications is a, um, something you can go to college for, I guess, but <laughs> like communication in that sense isn't yeah. taught no, absolutely. Like, at all. And it's huge. Yeah. It's an everyday kind of skill. Yeah. yeah. Especially in relationships with friends and family and spouses and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I started following some people on social media that like, that's what they do for a living is okay. they, like give like communication tips and advice and things like that's that. Great. And it blows my mind. The things that I never even think about, mm-hmm. um, but absolutely affect how affect your every interaction. Yeah. 
and how you're dressing, your posture, your your um your eye contact, everything like that, mm-hmm. and how you say certain things, your non communication communication, yeah, all of that stuff is such a big thing that you're right. We're not taught. You just got to figure yeah. it out, and some people don't, and they experience repercussions of it. I think one of the easiest ones is phones right now. Mm. Like with our today, uh, this kind of time is uh, even someone, I I saw someone do a speech on it and he asked someone to like for their phone and he was just holding it. And he was like, everyone in this room is taking what I have to say slightly different because I'm holding my phone and you're feeling like, and now everyone feels like, oh, I'm not the most important thing in the room anymore because the phone's in my hand. It's like, I don't even have to be on it. But just because I have it, you know, and then he gives it back and now it's just him like engaging with both hands and eye contact. And yeah, it's like now you feel important, mm. which is like these discussions are great. Cause it's yeah. like you and I are just talking. Yeah. It's not like you're constantly checking your phone or whatever. And then totally. I feel like, dude, so many times I'll be having a discussion with somebody and I get like, I really, when we're, when I'm having a discussion, I uh-huh. want it to be, uh, you're hearing me. Mm-hmm. And I want you to react to what I have to say. And then mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say. And when someone like picks up their phone quick, I know it's not a dismissive thing to me. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. But a lot of times I'll just pause and then they'll be like, what, what you're saying? I'm like, I'll just wait till you're done. Like, I yeah. don't want to compete. Yeah. Do I have to talk louder now that you're on yeah. your phone? Like, just yeah. don't want to have to repeat. It's either, it's either this or it's that. Yeah. And we can, if you have something important, yeah. that's fine. Um, but it really does impact me personally when someone's like scrolling and talking to me, mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? It's fine. Let's just, mm-hmm. I'd rather just let you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, well, yeah, when anybody's like with me and they're just on their phone, mm-hmm. like I get so insecure, I'm like, oh, they yeah. just would rather be on their phone than yeah, talk to me. And that might me. not even be the... No, it's probably not true at all. Yeah. I'm a really cool guy. I mean, yeah. obviously they want to the be with coolest, me. Of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's no competition, me or a phone. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> easy, easy answer. <laughs> but even like when we're in the car with April, like mm-hmm. if April's in the passenger seat and she's scrolling reels and I'm driving, I'm like, don't you want to hear about my day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just that understanding people where, where they're coming from. And, mm-hmm. and when I'm driving in the car, realizing that April's had a really long day too and she needs yeah. a minute just to veg out and not think about anything. Sometimes I'll tell Shireen like at the end of the day, if it's been a long day and I just need, cause I have introvert, introvertive tendencies mm-hmm. to where it's like, sometimes I'd need to just be by myself. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get a chance to be by myself all day, uh-huh. I'd be like, I need to go in the bedroom. I'll be back in like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Like I just need to go exist by myself and like mm-hmm. play chess on my phone for a little bit and just kind of like unload, unwind a little bit yeah. before I can go back to being with people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to have that self-awareness too. Yeah. Um, Cause everybody's different. And to understand that in whether it be your partner, your friend, family member, friend, whatever, mm-hmm. to recognize that, that them wanting to do that isn't a shot at you. Not at all. Right. Um, yeah. One of the best birthday gifts April ever got me. She asked me, what do you want for your birthday this year? And I said, I want a half hour to not have to do anything or think about anything. Mm-hmm. And so legitimately I laid on the couch for a half hour and did How nothing. Was it? it was great. That's I great. obviously still remember it. Like <laughs> as one of the greatest. It's, gifts a, it's ever. a core memory. It's a core memory. It was a, 
awesome. Yeah. So special. Um, one, one time for, for uh, I think it was Valentine's day. Shireen got me like some coupons mm-hmm. and one of them was um, a guilt-free night playing video games with my brothers. Whoa. And that was one of the best things. Cause you go photocopy it. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep reprinting it as if she doesn't know that I'm like, I have extra. No, I didn't use it last. I didn't use it last week. What do you the watermark slowly fades with each copy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Presley, there's a watermark. Yeah. She went all out, dude. She, she laminated it. <laughs> laminated. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's important to know what you need mm-hmm. and then ask for that from time to time to time. Also understand that you can, you should reciprocate that with your partner, your spouse, yeah. um, so that you don't have a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise years go by and you never had that 30 minutes to yourself mm-hmm. and you're just like, I can't, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's important to know what you need and to be okay with asking yeah. for it. And like you said, reciprocate. It's, it's, it's so easy to think, why isn't this person giving me what I want mm-hmm. without even communicating it? Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, then yeah. to think, well, this person might need this or this person just needs this time. It's not a shot at me. Um, that's... That's equally important. Yeah. Realizing that everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own background. Mm-hmm. And we can be gracious with each other as we're gracious with ourselves, because we are all a work in progress. A work in progress. A work in progress with Mark and P. We should get a jingle. You're a piano player. <laughs> you should write us a, a work in progress like a jingle. <laughs> And then every time we say a work in progress during the play the podcast, we like do 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 something like that. Nailed it. Yeah. Come with choreography and everything. Yeah. There has to be snaps and whistles. I want it to be as contagious as the Andy Griffith intro whistling. Should we put Jonas on it? Yeah. yeah. Jonas. Jonas. In all of your free time that you don't have, yeah. especially going into the holidays. Oh man. <laughs> we come up with the jingle for a work oh, in progress. Yeah. There has to be snaps and whistles. Snaps, whistles. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so funny. Anyways. Oh, it's been fun chatting with you. Yeah, man. It's a breath of fresh air. It is. It's a light blue. It's a light blue. Yeah. <laughs> Conversations with you are light blue. A light blue? Yeah. That's a shirt. Light, light and refreshing. Mm. Light blue. Conversations with you are light blue. Are light blue. That's so sweet. I feel so loved. Yeah. It's great. Man. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to us. Um, if anything we said resonates with you, reach out, talk yeah. about it. Like we have the opportunity. This is a time for us to talk with each other. Yeah. But we want you to have that opportunity too, whether it's with us or somebody else. Right. Um, talk about it. And we're so happy you're here. Appreciate you. Have a good day, night, evening, weekend, <laughs> whatever you're doing. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>